This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, huns. Welcome to day four of nine days of holiday magic. This episode is a little longer than our usual ones. Uh, I tried to edit it down a bit, but there was a lot of really great information that I didn't want to leave out. And so I am going to keep this holiday housekeeping short and sweet. Don't forget to make sure that you are following us on social media because we are having all kinds of giveaways this month and I don't want you to miss any of them. The Real Roberta Blevins and Life After MLM Podcast, both of those accounts will have all of the information that you need to enter those giveaways. And don't forget to join our group, Life After MLM, the group on Facebook. We're having really awesome, interesting conversations in there and some really cool breakthroughs and lots of new friendships. If you want to join those groups, we would love to have you. I also want to make sure to remind you not to forget to enter to win a signed copy of Vixen from our friend, Lindsay Helm. Other than that, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, I have for you the amazing Erin Bees. Erin, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I am so excited to talk to you. I have been wanting to talk about this company for a very long time. And yeah. I am so excited to have you because you know what's up. I do. So yeah. <laughs> let's tell everybody what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, well, I don't know where you even want me to start. I feel like it's important. What are some, what are some important things that you guys should know? Uh, I spent 13 and a half years in multi-level marketing, six different companies. Uh, I was very successful. So I started with slumber parties. Slumber parties was... Uh, acquired by Pure Romance. Then I joined a romance company called Love Winks. From there, I was sued by PR. So from there, I had to take a year off. In that year, I joined Arbonne. And then after that, it was Modere and then finally Prove It. So in Prove It, I was in the top 0.38% of the company. Uh, was a car earner, still have the the vehicle that I've taken all of the prove it garbage off of. Yes, I said garbage, took it all off and still, you know, drive it around. It's just branded for me now. Wow. There's like so much to unpack. We've done an episode on slumber parties and pure romance on this podcast. And we've talked about the drama between the two. What oh, was yeah. your experience with that drama? Were you around during the merger and all of that and the all, all the drama? I was, yeah, I was, uh, an advisory board member with slumber parties. I was actually at the training. We were in new Orleans for a leadership training and the owner of slumber parties came in and said, you know, she gave this, this in all honesty, it was a really beautiful speech. You could feel her heart in it. Uh, and then the CEO of pure romance walked in and said, welcome to pure romance. And we said, excuse me, what? 
Meanwhile, the rest of the company was waking up to an email that said, welcome to Pure Romance. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. It was a lot. fun how MLMs like announce things. Yeah. Or don't like boo. (laughs) We're just, we're going to send an email out and not answer questions. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy things. Good luck to you. Oh, you had 9,800 in your (laughs) e-wallet. Sorry. It's, ter- it's absolutely terrible. It's absolutely terrible. The the whole story of Boo and yeah. the aftermath of that. Um, but again, like it goes to show that you do not own this business. This is not your company. Yeah. You are not a small business owner. And if the company implodes, like you're going down with the ship. Yeah. And if there's anybody that's listening that is currently in an MLM, do not leave your money in the e-wallet get that money out now, like immediately. Yes. That was something that we always were telling people, um, in LuLaRoe as you know, like monthly, like, Hey, everybody get your money off. Like yeah. you never know what's going to happen. It, it really could take a turn for the worse. And everybody, you know, the little guy is the little is the one that's going to get screwed. Unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you were, how long were you with pure romance slash slumber parties in total? So slumber parties, I want to say I was with them for six or seven years. I joined in 2007, the end of 2007. And then slumber parties was acquired by Pure Romance. I want to say it was 2014. So seven years with slumber parties. And I left June of 2014. I just didn't like the vibe. Personally, I just feel that Pure Romance was was acquiring slumber parties because they wanted certain teams. And so if you weren't a part of that team, I feel like they kind of shunned you. They didn't answer questions. And we were told a lot of things. We were love bombed. We were all of that stuff. But when it came down to actually getting our questions answered and being taken care of, because we were basically learning a new company, you know, I mean, that's, it's, that's what it was. And so we were told a lot of things. And in my opinion, I just don't, we didn't, we weren't, didn't get the support unless you were part of specific teams. So how long did you last on the pure romance side before you pieced out? Probably about six months, five or six months. I just was done. And honestly, what's really interesting about that time frame was I was, I was kind of done with MLM at that point. I was just ready to, to kind of move on. I know it's kind of funny. Okay. Well, seven years. Okay. So how do we go from seven to another six and a half, <laughs> which is really interesting, yeah. but <laughs> well, and then also you mentioned that you were sued by Pure Romance. I was. Yeah. So how much of that can you share with us? I can share all of it. <laughs> I can share all of it. So what had happened was uh, I left Pure Romance in June of 2014. I was ready to just kind of be done with MLM. And we were looking at moving and uprooting the family, you know, out of state. And I just kind of was was ready to move on. And so I resigned and then my former upline in slumber parties, she was actually three levels above me. I heard that she resigned in March of 2014. And I was like, what the heck is going on? I resigned in June. And then later I found out that she was actually starting Love Winks and is still currently running Love Winks. And so I reached out, I was like, Whoa, what are we doing here? Like what's going on? And, uh, at that time was when she told me what was going on. And so I said, okay, well I'm in, 
because some of the things that I wasn't liking, she was saying that was going to be different. We hear the same thing in every MLM. The leadership is different. The comp plan is different. The products are different. No, they're not. They're all the same period. But so I ended up joining Love Winks. And when I did, we were all sued. It was her, uh, another corporate representative that came from slumber parties over to Love Winks. And um, I was listed on the lawsuit. And so I, that was why I had to take a year off. So that was why I joined Arbon. Yeah. Was it like a poaching thing because you weren't supposed to go to a competitor? Yeah, it's exactly what it was. It was a breach of the contract, even though I was, I was actually moving out of state. So in pure romances contract, it says, I can't remember how exactly it was worded, but it basically lists that you can't operate in the same zip code or something like that, or surrounding zip codes. It's, it's very specific how it's worded. I was moving out of state. So technically I should have been able to, to do whatever I wanted, but I, they ended up winning. We took it to federal court. It was moved to federal court. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And when they won and you lost, it was just, you had to take a year off of yeah. multi-level marketing. Yep. Had to take a year off in that time frame was when we moved from Southern New Mexico here to Vegas, and, which was fantastic because I was able to focus on the move, getting the kids situated with school into the apartment. I was able to just kind of breathe and live. That's we had the, it was the greatest summer. We went to the pool. We did all of the, like the Vegas touristy things and just was able to breathe. And then we moved in June of 2015. And so in August was when I joined Love Winks again, officially. And I was, I just got sick of parties. I just got sick of it. Like I, I, at one point I had $13,000 worth of stock that I was carrying into these parties. It was nuts. Yeah. I hated doing parties. I hated yeah. it. Put, I, yeah. I can't imagine how you felt putting, putting these things. I mean, I carried like lingerie. So I had the body forms and I had the, the rack and I was hanging up these pieces and I can't imagine the amount of inventory you took into parties and hanging them on the hangers. And that how many racks did you have? So I only had, I only had two racks and it was kind of the, the, like the, I don't want to say cheapy, but it was kind of the cheapy mobile racks that had the wheels on them. So I could like turn it and set it wherever I wanted, you know, on, on, on each side of my table that I had all the products and stuff. And, Oh God, it stresses me out thinking about this because it was so long ago, but it was exhausting. Yes. I would have, I think at least six racks that I would take. Um, and then what we would do is we would use those big, huge, blue Ikea bags, the ones with the zippers oh, as yeah. gigantic garment bags. So you'd put all the little row together, smush as many hangers together as possible, throw that over, zip it up. And then you could like throw it on as a backpack. So you're like walking into the house, one on your back, like two on each arm, bringing oh all God. these like huge duffel bags in of row, bringing in these racks that you've got to set up. They pop up. They've got wheels. I mean, it was pure insanity and at the time I drove a scion tc which is the hatch like the hatchback yeah. version it was I don't even know how I got all that LuLaRoe in there but I did it I drove a Honda Fit hatchback so I get it <laughs> I had four duffel bags the really big thick rolling duffel bags that I would carry into every party and then I had a bag I think it, it was actually a 31 bag 
that I held my body forms in and I would throw that over my shoulder. And then all of my demo stuff was in a rolling toolbox. Yes. I believe I had a 31 bag, the biggest utility tote you could get. Same. And then it was filled with leggings that I had like rolled into like little hot dog looking things. That was like the easiest way to transport them. Oh my God. Everyone listening is like, why did you do this more than once? (laughs) I know once is all, well, here's the thing. When you start off, you don't have that much. You probably have this little kit that you purchase. Maybe not, maybe not with LuLaRoe, but with most other companies, you have this like little kit. You got a handful of products and you show up with one bag and you're like, okay. Then you do a party, you sell a couple things maybe, or you don't. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to order some more and I'm going to order this to demo. And if I'm going to demo this, I'm also going to grab the stock because I want to be able to sell what I have on hand. You're really not making any money by doing that, by the way. You're, You're probably just barely breaking even. You're probably just increasing your volume every month. Your leader's going to go, hey, great job. Look at you increased your sales. But really all you did was short yourself. So you take a year off of MLM court mandated, (laughs) court mandated year off, and you still go back to love winks. I went back to love winks. Yeah. I made this whole like social media strategy around it and was like, okay, well I'm coming back in, you know, 31 days and watch out. And I'm like, well, first of all, Aaron, I'm gonna need you to calm down. You just moved to Vegas. You know, nobody. So you're literally asking people to book romance parties and you don't know anybody awkward, very awkward. (laughs) And I was the person that talked to everybody. I'm not shy. I never have been. And so I was talking to everybody about romance parties. You should book a party. And I was having these people I don't know into my little apartment here in Vegas and kicking my family out. And I don't miss those times. Did you just like, how did you just approach people at the grocery store and be like, Hey, like I passed out. That? Yeah, I um I passed out a lot of business cards. I was really good at connecting with people on social media. So even if I didn't go into like an in-depth conversation with them, I still was getting connected and people would give me their phone numbers. I would meet cashiers and they would write down their phone numbers and I would text, I'd be like, hey, what time? Like I taught my team this. What time do you get off work? I don't want to get you in trouble with the boss. So why don't you write down your number and I'll text you when you get off of work. And then we can talk about like, if you want to do a party or whatever, and I would get their phone number. People would, women would hand over their phone numbers and I would text them and I would book parties. Um, You guys, why are you handing out your phone numbers to complete strangers? I don't care how adorable and friendly they are. Stop (laughs) giving out your personal information to strangers. Don't do it. No, thank you. Um, what is your Instagram handle? And I'll follow you. There's your yes. safety lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, I'm not going to give you my number. Why don't you tell me what your Instagram is? And I'll check you out. And if I don't think you're creepy, I might follow you. Yeah. And you can follow me back. If not, no, thank you. <laughs> so how long did you last in Love Winks until you left? Um, okay. So I started and my timing, my time frame might be off a little bit. It's hard to keep track of 13 and a half years of absolute chaos, but I, once we got here, once I started doing parties, let's see, that was 2015. So I want to say it was the end of 2000. Well, it was summer of 2016 was actually where I reconnected with 
my former leader from, or not my former leader, my, somebody that was on the advisory board with me in slumber parties. I saw her on a Facebook live and she was doing a product demonstration essentially. And so I was in a place where I was ready to kind of start really taking care of my health. I had had two babies and I was like, okay, I'm ready to get back in the gym. I'm ready to do all this stuff. Uh, it's, this is the most vulnerable place. A woman, in my opinion, can be where she is wanting to better her health, quote unquote, lose the baby weight, get back in the gym, feel better, sleep better. Like all of those kind of buzzwords that are thrown around by many of these health and wellness MLMs. So I saw her aunt doing this live and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Immediately reached out. She was talking about Modere and I was like, all right, let's do this. And so I actually joined Modere as a customer first in June of 2016, ended up leaving Love Winks the end of that year. So I ended up doing both of those companies at the same time. So I was doing Love Winks and I was doing Modere at the same time which I, I don't suggest, I mean, one, don't join an MLM period, but definitely don't do two at one time because it's like, you only have 24 hours. And so if you're doing multiple MLM companies and wanting to, to build, you're, you're splitting the time in half, which makes no sense. I mean, it's already a model built for failure. So now you're just kind of doubling that, which makes absolutely zero sense. So at the end of 2016 was when I left Love, Love Winks, which was not received well. I can tell you about that here in a second. Uh, and then I took Modere full-time as a distributor or whatever. So, yeah. So you, you leaving was not well-received? Okay. No, I called the president who was my former upline in slumber parties. I called her and I said, Hey, I got to talk to you. And she was like, okay. And I told her, I was very, very point blank. And I was like, listen, I really feel like I'm being called in a different direction. I really feel like I'm wanting to do this. I know you, you know, that I've been doing this and I've been very upfront about it. And, you know, I started it because I wanted to do something for my health, but I really see, you know, I'm being pulled in a different direction. I was tired of doing parties. I was tired of doing meetings. I was tired of doing all of that stuff. And I really kind of at that time wanted to take a, my, my business I use, I did air quotes. I know y'all can't see it, but I wanted to take my business more online and use social media. Social media in 2016 was really taking off Facebook lives and, and a lot of these things. And I was like, Oh my God, I can do that. If I could talk to anybody in the grocery store and get their phone number and book a party, I can absolutely do an online business. And so, uh, she started bawling hysterically like a crazy person. Like in my opinion, the movie, the bodyguard where he calls her at the hotel, he calls Whitney Houston and she's like, Fletcher baby. And he's like, no, like that creepy. No, that was literally the response. <laughs> yeah. Started bawling. She probably was ugly crying on the other end of the phone. Uh, and then hung up on me. And I said, well, that I, I got off the phone and I was like, okay, well, that went really well. Called me back immediately and then was super crappy to me the entire time, like <laughs> transitioning out. Um, I had a bunch of free product left over and I really wanted to donate that to my team at the time so that they could do giveaways or helping with hostess gifts and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, you have my word. I'm going to do that. Nope. Didn't do it didn't do it. I found out from some of my former team members. And then she started, you know, when you're leaving an MLM and your leader, she's the president of the company, first of all, but when you are leaving a company, typically the leader does, starts kind of frantically messaging your downline 
trying to, to basically gauge who's staying and who's going to go with you. I had no intentions of taking anybody with me. I had no intentions of any of that stuff. There were team members that asked and I had honest conversations with them, of course, because I was going to be upfront with what was going on. But if they wanted to stay, then, then cool, like do your thing, but this is where I'm going. And, uh, which is, uh, that's such a touchy subject, no matter how you deliver that, even with good intentions, it's going to be kind of taken as cross recruiting. And, uh, so that was really interesting. She, I can't remember. I was thinking about this the other day. She wanted me to put something in writing in my resignation letter. And I said, I'm not absolutely not going to do that. And I don't remember what it was. I'm going to, I'm going to think on this, but she wanted me to put something specific in that resignation letter. Um, and I, I put in there instead, I'll be expecting, I think my check was like my override check at the time was like 250 bucks. And I was like, I'll be expecting my $250 check in the mail by da, 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 date, signed it, sent it, whatever. Did you get your check? I did get my check. She got crappy with me about that. And I was like, so when am I going to get this check? And she was like, Aaron, why would I do that to you? And I was like, look at everything else you're doing. Who are you? Because I don't know who this person is. <laughs> oh, geez. So you leave love links, albeit dramatically. <laughs> and you are in Modere at this point. I am. Yeah. How long were you in Modere for? Okay. So this is another lawsuit story. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's really about the association. So I joined Modere and then took that full time. I was successful in Modera as well. I was honestly, I was successful in every company. There was a lot of people did have not had success in MLM because of the model. And I think what's unique about my story is that I was very successful in all of these companies. And I'm still speaking out because even though I was successful, because I was at the top of that pyramid, I was the 1%. There were still 99% that were under me, trusting me to help them with their business that were not successful. And those people had to lose in order for me to win. So, because I, I, I think that's probably one of the things that people ask me the most or, or, or questions that I, that I see on my, the content that I put out is, but if you were so successful, why did you leave? Well, because I wasn't okay with me being successful and these people that were trusting me to help them to hurt they were hurting. I, I was hurting them by participating in it, even though that was not my intentions. I was hurting them. So I was in Modere, let's see, until June of 2017. In June of 2017, my former leader in Modere, Jessie Lee Ward, we can mention her name because she's a public figure, uh, was actually suspended and she was suspended. You guys can look up the lawsuits. If you haven't already heard about it, you can, you can look it all up yourself. You can consult the Google and check it out. But essentially she was terminated for de-edifying de a leader within Modere. It got really messy. She was later terminated in August, I believe. Um, in September, I was suspended from Modere because I was involved in the leadership chat that was turned over to corporate, even though I didn't really, I didn't say anything that was inappropriate. I didn't de-edify anybody, which by the way, edifying and de-edifying, edifying, using that term in MLM is so weird. It actually doesn't fit. It, it makes no sense how they use it. But anyways, 
And so I was later, so I was suspended in, I want to say it was August or September of 2017. We joined prove it in September of 2017. So that was a fun legal case. That was terrifying. Wow. Yeah. And, um, it was scary. I mean, honestly, when you are being sued by some of these companies, it's, it's terrifying. You know, you're somebody that is making money or not in the MLM and you think you're doing the right thing and you think you're trusting the right people. And I think for me, that's probably one of the biggest lessons in all of this is really look at who you are trusting because just because they're making a lot of money does not mean they are worthy of your trust. Because at the end of the day, they're just wanting to increase their pay. And if you're going to do what they want you to do, they know they're going to make more money. Well, that's a great segue. Let's <laughs> talk about how you met Jessie Lee. Yeah. In Modere, you joined her team. I did. Now, did you reach out to her? Were you placed underneath her? How did that happen? Yeah. So I, she was actually the Facebook live that I saw the product live showing the, the products from Modere. And I was like, oh my God, yes. Like what? I knew her from slumber parties. We were both on the advisory board together. I lived in New Mexico at the time. She lived in Maryland at the time. And so we knew who each other was, but we didn't really spend time together because she was just kind of on the East coast and I was in Southern New Mexico. And so it was kind of like, we didn't really interact that much, even on board trips and stuff. So I was familiar with her, but I didn't really spend time with her. However, I saw her on that Facebook live and I thought, Oh, cool. You know, let me, let me reach out and see what this is about. And that was kind of, that was kind of that. (laughs) So you already had a connection through slumber parties. You see her and you're like, Hey, it's the girl from Florida. It's so crazy. What is she selling now? And you reach out. Yeah, you join exactly. Madera, you go through the whole thing. There's a yep. lawsuit, yep. blah, blah, blah. And you both jump ship to prove it. Yeah. And I know that there are many versions of that story. So let me just clarify for everybody because I was there and I was part of the original group. And there were actually 14 of us that flew in, which was all part of a love bombing process. I didn't see it at the time, of course. But when we flew in September uh, 20, I don't remember, 27th or something like that, we flew into Dallas. Everything was paid for. The hotel was paid for, all of that. We got the tour of the corporate office. We did a sit down with the CEO, uh, Brian Underwood. We did a sit down with the owner of Prove It, Terry LaCour. We were wined and dined. We did indoor skydiving. We did all of these things. And then I think we had just joined several days prior. So we sat down with the CEO and we're like, what do we need to do? Like, let's break this comp plan. And we're like, oh, the energy around all of that is so disgusting to me now. And he was like, just go MVP and go MVP is basically 2000 new volume every single month is essentially what that is. So that was what they were, that's what they consider kind of a core rank. They tell people, if you can hit go MVP every single month and you duplicate that within your team, you'll take it all the way to the top rank which is crazy because you can't hit that top rank without recruiting. Can't do it. So right, that's something that's so funny. Like when you get into comp plans and you look at comp plans, I'm sure you look at them just as much as I do. And all of these people are like, this business isn't even about recruiting. It's about this amazing product and about this amazing opportunity. It's not even about recruiting. 
And then you look at the comp plan and you're like, okay, well, you who's saying it's not about recruiting is at this yep. level. And when you look down, you have to have six qualified legs, which means you have to have at least six people underneath you, which means you should have recruited at least six people. So right. how are you telling people that it's not, that recruiting isn't even part of it or even a major part of it when the numbers that you're saying are achievable are not without a team? Exactly. And for those of you listening, especially, especially those that are in an MLM and maybe you're like me when, you know, this past March or April, where I was kind of one foot in one foot out and I was trying to figure it out. If that is you, I want you to deep dive on your own comp plan. I want you to look at the difference in the commission that you make off the sale of your product or service and compare it to the recruiting bonuses, which of those two. And I mean, you can obviously reach out to Roberta or myself, if you really feel like you want to answer this, but it's kind of a rhetorical question for you to answer for yourself. Which of those two, could you make a living, like a livable wage on? It's not going to be the sale of the product, that 20% commission that you're making. I know specifically in Prove It, you make 20% off of a sale of $130 of products that last people 20 days. And you only make like 10 or 11 bucks off of that. But when you look at the recruiting bonuses, the recruiting bonuses, is how you really make money. So look at that. If, if you are anything like I was in March or April of this year, one foot in, one foot out, just compare. So they fly you in this group of 14 people, full love bombing trip, VIP access, check it out. We're the owners. We're having this meeting. We're talking what, what else was offered? Were there bridges offered at this point? Yeah. Great question. We asked that and allegedly they don't do bridge contracts. Oh, okay. Modere does because I was offered one. <laughs> um, yes. and I've seen lots of different bridge contracts from other MLMs. So I know that MLMs do do that. I know it's kind of like a hush hush. We don't really talk about it kind of thing. It's like the fight club of MLM or bridge contracts, but like they exist. So it's interesting that, that prove it said that they weren't going to do that. I wonder if they ever have offered bridges to anyone else. So my opinion on this is that the company may not do bridge contracts, but there are specific leaders in the company that will do bridge contracts. I know, I know that that has happened. I'll just kind of say that. I mean, when you look at the numbers, like we're talking about on the top of these pyramids yep. and you're somebody that's close to the top of the pyramid and you're like, I need another big VIP leader. Mm-hmm. Well, hmm, what is that going to cost me versus what am I going to gain by bringing in a really heavy hitting leg and then reaching out to somebody in another MLM that they know is very influential and being like, Hey, Aaron, I personally, me, Roberta, I'm going to offer you this bridge. I'm going to give you $10,000 a month until you can hit $10,000 a month. And in return, you, Aaron, are going to, you know, recruit the majority of your team from your other MLM over here. And we're going to get you to be a top leader directly under me. And we're all going to be hitting all these bonuses. How does that sound? And you're like, hell yeah, let's go. And then on top of that, those companies typically will cover the legal fees from the previous company suing the current company. And we see it all the time. I mean, you can pick any company and you will find lawsuits on it. Absolutely. And there was a bridge thing going on this past summer. Uh, again, Modere was involved, but I believe it was Young Living, top Young Living women 
were pulled over to Modere. And I believe within two months, they were like at the top ranks and were, were ranking at, yeah, insane. Uh, I will say that my previous upline, I'm not going to name them because I'm not actually not sure if they're considered public figures or not, but I will say my previous upline, that was their MO was bridge contracts. So I, every time something happens and there's a bridge contract and people leave for Modair, I always wonder if it's going to my former upline. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> so then this meeting adjourns and the 14 of you guys do what? Yeah. So the 14, the 14 people flew in and it was just, it was kind of a love bombing trip. I think genuinely I needed to see them because of all of the trauma from the lawsuit and, and all of that. I just needed to hug my friends at the time, you know, and some of them I do still talk to. I, I still have a relationship with many of them. So shout out to you guys. If you are listening to this, you know, I love y'all. Um, there were dozens of people that joined from home. So the narrative is six people joined, eight people joined. I'm sure soon it'll be four people joined. I came over with four people. It was actually 14 in person and dozens and dozens and dozens that joined from home. So I just feel like it's really important to clear that up because the narrative has changed to suit her needs, in my opinion. So um, we joined, we worked the business, we had a different energy, uh, lots of rank ups, lots of um, of the, the fast start bonuses, GoPro, Go MVP, lots of quick money being made because of those bonuses, lots of recruiting because our energy was different and people want in on something new. Uh, and in my opinion, I think that those are the people that are the, mo the most successful when you get it, you're one of the first to kind of get in new to a company, or you have a large following. Those are the people that are typically going to be in that top 1%. And even though prove it was started in 2015, the marketing that we were doing, the way that we were using social media as a tool was really what kind of exploded this. So we're in this kind of era of social media and Facebook lives and all of that stuff. And we're using that to our advantage. And that was how this, this thing kind of exploded. So lots of quick money, lots of recruiting, um, lots of hush, hush conversations and, uh, and yeah, I think in February of 2018 was when I, when our team, because it wasn't me, it was our team qualified for the car bonus. And um, we did 30,000 in volume, which turns out to be like $48,000 in one month. Yeah. Off of ketones. Wow. So yeah. Now, um, how much of that actually made it to end consumers and how much of that stayed in people's garages? Uh, I would love to know that answer, honestly, because that is one of the things that, that I ask myself, I know that there's a lot of front loading happening with prove it. I know that there are ghost accounts and I know that people listening to this are, are shaking They're they're nodding their head. Yes. Cause they know it too. And there's ghost accounts being made where those promoters are undering under a customer account. So even if the FTC came in and looked at it, it would show up as customer accounts. So I know for a fact that that's happening because I had a ghost account. My husband, you're allowed to have one promoter. And I think this is the reason that they have it written in their policies. You can have one promoter and one customer account per household that counts towards any bonuses and whatnot. So we were all coached to have uh -oh. that. We were all coached to have that ghost account. And anytime you ordered anything, and if, especially if it's a new flavor, um, right now they have these, in my opinion, garbage female ketone 
BS products. And so I'm, I guarantee you all of the promoters went and ordered under that customer account. It looks like a customer order, but it's funded by that promoter. So what's the difference between a customer order and like a promoter order? Would they look the same on the back end? Is it just suspicious that a promoter would be purchasing so much? Typically, the only order that a promoter is going to have on their account is their smart ship, because as you move up, you are required to have, I think it's a 50 BV order. I need to look at the comp plan again, but it's a, a 50, I think it's a 50 PV personal volume, excuse me, um, smart ship order and any kits that they purchase. So any of the promoter packs, that's typically all a promoter is going to order uh, under their promoter account, everything else. So new flavors, stocking up for trials, this 33% off sale that they are having right now. Um, all of those orders are, go under, are going to go under a customer account because they earn commission off of, it, off of that. So that's the, that's the difference. You don't earn commission off promoter orders. Okay. Here's another question. Is the discount the same for a promoter and a customer? The way that Prove It does their discount is you get 22% off of your monthly order. So there's not really a discount. It's just a discount on your SmartShip order. And then sometimes they'll roll out sales where they're like, hey, all of our SmartShip customers, you get to save you know, 22% off. Or one of the things that they love to do is they will throw out these bundles. I know that they just did this bundle, bundle for new customers where it was like buy two 10-day uh, trial packs. So it's the normal price on a 10-day trial pack is $130. It's the same as a box of single flavors of ketones, but it's five different flavors, half caffeinated, half uncaffeinated, so that people can typically, this is how I was coached, so that they can find a flavor that they like instead of buying trials. I, I think, yeah, and instead of buying trials from the customer, the company was losing out on that retail. So they wanted that retail, and I think that's why they created it. And so the bundle was two of the 10 day challenges and then a box of Mitoplex, which is their electrolytes. Fun little fact, there's a company called Real Ketones and I'll send you the link, Roberta. Maybe you can put it in the show notes or something. And it's a, it's a comparison of Real Ketones and Prove It Ketones. And apparently, according to this article, they are made in the same warehouse and both allegedly are owned by Terry LaCour. What? Yeah, but real ketones doesn't have as many flavors, but they have, instead of these separate products, they have everything in one product and a 30 day supply is only 60 bucks. That is so shady. Yeah, so I'll send you that article because it's one, it's an interesting read. It's really fascinating. I had no idea about any of this when I was in Prove It. It's only since I have left that I'm like, oh my God, it's all allegedly made in the same warehouse. Even though the, the flavors are limited, you're, it's not an MLM, MLM product, but allegedly it's owned by the same person that also owns Prove It. And has quite a bit of stake in multi, lots and lots of MLM yeah. companies. Oh Yeah. So like the difference between a promoter buying a $40 product and a customer buying a $40 product is that the customer will kick back the promoter a commission. That's the only difference. Correct. Yeah. So you get a ghost account to front load your business, to hit your bonuses, 
plus you're getting a commission on all the stuff that you're buying to hit your bonuses. Yes. To hit more to hit ranks because the, uh, the bonuses that prove it has is based off of new volume. So, and they've recently changed it. So it's, it's a lot more challenging to hit that bonus with just customers. You, you have to recruit in my opinion, to hit that bonus. There's unless you have a large following on social media, the regular everyday person that has 300, you know, Instagram followers and just started a TikTok is probably not going to hit this bonus. They're just not going to do it. Right. I've made a couple videos trying to figure out how prove it works because their comp plan is so unbelievably confusing. Um, and I've made these videos and people will comment and, and add things in and it's wild. You know, I say like, how do you get somebody to hit this, this, like, you know, they're, they're these bonuses that are like within the first couple of days, if you have to hit the, and I'm like, how? And people are commenting saying, oh, well, before anybody signs up, we get it already on the back end. And then everybody basically signs up and then do, 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 to let this people rank super fast to hit these ranks. Yes. That's wild. Yeah. There's a, you know, because they do push buying the biggest kit, which is like $900. And so they will they will coach people on what to say and how to posture on social media to start kind of accumulating almost, they call it a waiting list. It's a waiting list. And so it, it's like, they're in the queue. They're in the pre yes. queue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're, it's kind of like they're in the queue and then you should feel so honored because you're going to be up next. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And so then, you know, they either pre-sell the trials so they, the, the customers send them their money and then they order the kit and they've already made their money back. Allegedly, not all of them, but some, that, that's one of the things that they use. Um, but then they, a lot of them have like launch plans where they're, here's what we're going to post on social media. Here's, you know, your, why here's what you're doing. Here's how you build curiosity. Here's what to say. And it's a cookie cutter thing. There's so much preparation for the scam to appear legitimate and real. Yes. Those people could make so much more money being content creators because I'm not even that prepared. And that's what I do. Yeah. I, I get that completely. I was actually just talking. Uh, I was actually just talking with Julie Joe, who has become one of my really, really good friends. And I, I love she, Julie Joe. She I was love on her. the show. Yeah. We talk literally all day, every day. It's weird when we don't talk. And she was talking about the videos that she's got coming out next week. And, and I was sitting here cause I'm a very, I like to let the, the ideas come to me. I don't like to structured rigid planning. I, I, it, it actually stifles my creativity. And so she's like, this is what I'm doing for the next week. And I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to know what I'm going to record until probably Monday, maybe, maybe Sunday. <laughs> It, it, it's a lot. Um, and I, I think that, that it's not, not as authentic when somebody is telling you what to post, how to post, what words to use, you know, here's a copy and paste this and put your favorite selfie picture with it, or take a picture of you at your heaviest. Cause we're talking about a health and wellness company, even though they're not allowed to say weight loss, the before and after pictures, are about weight loss. Let's just call a spade a spade here. And so 
And I did this. I did all of this, you guys. Like I did all of this, right? This isn't just me pointing the finger at other people. This is also me saying I did this. And that's why I'm speaking on this is because it's not right. And so the before and after pictures or before and better pictures that they call them, you know, your coach to take your hit, your heaviest picture, your most unflattering picture. And you post that with your, maybe you, you post it with a 60 hour reboot, which is a 60 hour fast, which is one of the products that they carry. And so you fast for 60 hours and you're super thin because you haven't eaten in 60 hours and you're putting that next to your heaviest picture. And then what you can't tell me that the, you know, picture me when I was just moving here and I found that Facebook live, I was in a very vulnerable place. You know, even when I joined in 2017, when I joined slumber parties, I was a new mom. And so I was looking to kind of reclaim time for me, but I also wanted to contribute financially. And by posting these pictures in a way with this, you know, a picture of you being the heaviest. And then after a 60 hour fast, where you've literally gone without food for 60 hours and comparing those things is waiting for people to identify themselves as that vulnerable human being, hoping that you can help them get the same results. But what you're, what's not being shown is there are some people that have had weight loss surgery that has obviously contributed to their results that, that, you know, the, the after picture, if you will, um, there are a lot of toxic diet culture type things. Um, there is a lot of misinformation on what the keto diet actually is within this company, in my opinion. And there's a lot of just toxic relationships around food specifically. You know, when I left prove it, and when I stopped the keto diet, I went through all of that. I, I went through all of that where I was not trusting myself with food. And I, it, it's sneaky, you guys, like it, you don't realize it. You know, I was doing the 60 hour fast. I was eating strict keto. I was counting, you know, the amount of carbs. There were days where I would have one carb when I was first keto. There was, there was a time where I did an egg fast for 11 days and was bragging about it with Jesse Lee you know, where I ate nothing but eggs and butter and cheese. And so there's just, there's so much toxic garbage around this. And so the comp plan and the, you know, the, uh, the average promoter and improve it makes $11 and 57 cents in a year. So you have the hurt from that. You have the hurt from people that are not hitting the bonuses. You have the hurt from just the toxic MLM culture and now you have this, this infiltrating into people's relationships with food. And it's just, it's so traumatic for so many people. And there are so many people that are hurt by this model, by specific teams, by the company that they don't even realize it. And for me, food is joy. Food is joy. If I want, it's Thanksgiving. I don't want to count calories. I don't want to do any of that stuff. And I don't want to ever feel like, well, Aaron, you can have this Thanksgiving dinner, but you're going to go hard in the gym this next week. If I want to go hard in the gym for the next week, it's because I'm training for something, not because of the food that I chose to eat. Right. Like you should find joy in eating and not yeah. shame and punishment in eating. Yes. We eat for sustenance. You have to eat to live. So yes. if you put a punishing 
attitude around it, like you're not going to find happiness in eating, which is something that you have to do every single day. And then you create really bad relationships with food where you're binging and purging and, and, and doing all of these different things. And, and food is, is torture to you. And that is not healthy. That was not okay. Yeah. No, like I've had my own ups and downs with food. I'm a woman. Like, so in in the United States, I'm a woman. So hello. Um, I've been told every single thing you could possibly hear my whole life. Every single, like from probably the first time someone ever mentioned something about my weight, I was probably 11. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, great. Awesome. Wow. Cool. Here we go. I'm sorry you you had to go through that. Of course. And it's not, I, I don't think anybody that ever said anything ever was being toxic. They just were raised also by toxic people. And they're like, well, that's what my mom said to me. So, yeah, you know, it took a long time for me to view food as joy yes. and pleasurable and where I could just be like, you know, I I'm going to have those potato chips, yep. but like, for me, it's my decision. I'm not eating from like an emotional place or I'm not, you know, binging and purging. I'm finding joy and I, and I found it again, but it, it took a long time. And there is yeah. so much toxicity in this horrible diet culture and you yeah. see it so much in MLMs and you know, you see, Oh God. And as so I love accounts like yours accounts, like Matt's accounts, like Sabrina's and cat and people who are actually giving really good information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much of this you're either with us or against us in MLM and specifically in the health and wellness companies. It's, you know, you're either, for example, with prove it, it's, it's so weird because literally on their blender bottles that they sell for ridiculous price, it says drink versus diet. It literally says that on, on it. But if you are not following the keto diet, if you are not seeing results, that's on you. And you're almost shamed because of it in a way, maybe not, maybe they don't say it, but you definitely are not getting the same kind of time and energy with your leader as if you were somebody that was, you know, rebooting once a month. So that 60 hour fast, you know, on all of the training zooms. And, and I use the the term training very loosely because it's really just the same words over and over again, a little motivational stuff, a little, you know, a little story, a little sob story, like, look at them. They used to live in their basement and now here they are, you know, driving around a free Range Rover. And it's kind of like, yeah, but what is their life really like? They're sitting at their computer 14, 16 hours a day, and they're missing these moments with their kids that they'll never get back. Right. Not worth it to me. Right. And you were there, you were in the top 1% of prove it. So you would be someone who would know. I love talking to people like you who were successful because you have such a great vantage point from the top of the pyramid to let us know what really happens up there. And you were on the team with Jesse Lee, who's probably one of the most well-known prove it leaders in Mm -hmm. the entire company. Let's talk about what we see what like someone like me would see. And then okay. also like what's actually happening behind the okay. scenes. Uh, okay. So what somebody would see is brag style posts. I bought this computer. I bought this car. I put the down payment on the house. I'm buying a house. Um, look at these investments that I'm making. 
look at the amount of, of customers that I have gained, look at this bonus, look at this, you know, you're going to see some of these things being mentioned. What you don't see is the amount of time it took to do those things, to earn that income. You don't see the 14, 16 plus hours that they're staring at their phone while their kid is at their basketball games, you know, like, oh my gosh, okay, they're not in. This weekend has been really amazing. Cause I know Roberta, we were talking about this and I was like, it's been really cool for me to just be present and not feel like I was behind, you know? Okay. I, I watched her game. Okay. I mean, we had six games this weekend and I was able to watch and scream my face off at, you know, you know, cheering on her team and just, I, I was so tuned in that I, 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 my husband's not too happy with me because I didn't take a lot of pictures. Like that's how tuned in and present I was able to be this weekend for her, which was amazing. And so what you're not seeing behind these kind of brag posts is the amount of time that they're sacrificing uh, for themselves, their families, their friends. There's, there's not really a social life. And if there is a social life, it's with other people that are on the team and they're all staring at their phones at dinner. So those are some of the things that you're going to see. Um, you're going to see the, I've opened up, you know, three spots to mentor, you know, these people. And it seems like, oh my God, look at this person. Like they must be a phenomenal leader. And a lot of times, specifically on the team that I came from, what they're doing is they're plugging them into a training bot. It's a bot. And you're not going to get the time from this leader that is painting this beautiful picture of, you know, you're going to get coached and mentored by me. And, you know, your upline is a verified whatever figure earner. And, you know, you see her on all of the industry generic stages and this and that, and you're going to get all the help and be, you know, all the help that you need. But what you don't see is that a lot of those messages come from her virtual assistant. What you don't see is the time that it takes people to earn her time. And if you're not ranking up and if you're not uh, qualifying for, you know, GoPro and, and Go MVP as a new promoter or whatnot, um, you're not going to get the time and attention that you seem to think. And so these posts where they're like, hey, I've got a couple spots open, you know, to, to mentor people, you're going to get the time when you have the sales, when you're, you're on all of the training, when you don't miss a thing, but God forbid you get sick. You know, like January of last year was where I really kind of started to open up my eyes. I ended up getting COVID. We had an event here. You're, you don't sleep, which is sleep deprivation, bite model. Hello. And, you know, I got really, really sick after I ended up, and it, this was before, you know, we had the, the test to, to uh, verify that it was COVID. And I was sick for six weeks, literally couldn't get out of bed. I don't even know how I took my kid to school kids. I don't know. How, like, I don't know how I did all of that. There was, I was so sick that one time I was laying in bed and the last I knew my husband was at work. And when I woke up, he was standing at the edge of the bed and I had no recollection of what was going on. I was really sick, was not checked on, did not care. At one point I was on supposed to be on leadership trainings and I messaged and was like, there's no way I'm going to be on it. I'm so sick. Went to the ER three times. And that was really what kind of started opening my eyes was why am I spending time with these people that could give a shit less? Why? Because it looks good on social media. 
so they really were mostly just concerned with your sales and your participation in the scam than how sick you were Yep. because six weeks, that's over a month. So I'm sure you didn't hit your numbers. Um, I, you know what? I don't even remember in January, I had done this leadership boot camp, but right before I got sick and I actually trained some leaders to help me just kind of run and navigate what needed to be done within our team. And so luckily I had them that said, go to bed. We got it. Don't worry about it. We got it. And they handled everything. And I literally was in bed for six weeks. The crazy part about this is that, and this, this is going to shock a lot of people, (laughs) but we see 75 hard all the time in MLM, which I think in my opinion, that first form is kind of dancing along the lines of being an MLM because of their affiliate program. At the time I could barely breathe. I could barely function. And I was doing 75 hard. I literally, because part of that is you have to do two 45 minute workouts. One has to be outside. I was literally walking laps in my kitchen, in my house, because I was like, well, I committed to doing this and I got to show up and I got to do this. Yeah. Talk about like the the mentality behind that. Yeah. Sick. It's just like, I mean, I know how you get there, but like, how do you get there? Yeah, it's the entire MLM process is grooming. It's all grooming. When you look at, like, think back for those of you that are, that are watching or listening, excuse me, for those of you that are listening, I'm, I'm looking at Roberta. That's why I said that. But for those of you that are listening, think back to before you joined, if you joined an MLM and you're out or, or whatnot, or you're, you're in, and you're kind of one foot in one foot out, I want you to think back to when you joined, what made you reach out or even comment on that person's post? That was step one of grooming. They put that post up for a reason because they knew it was going to elicit some kind of an emotional response. They're, they're identifying their perfect victim, somebody that is vulnerable. Maybe you were a new parent, a new mom, you know, trying to reclaim their body and just have some time, but want, maybe you were just like me and you wanted to make a little extra income. Maybe you were post baby and you were like, gosh, I don't recognize myself in the mirror anymore. How do I, how do I get here? How did I get here? And you responded to that post, but think back to what you responded to. It was probably a very something that, that appeared to be very vulnerable. They were probably coached to say those things and you responded. It's all a grooming process. Well, let's see what kind of time Erin's going to give up. Oh, she's going to get on this zoom last minute, even though she had something planned with her kids. Okay. Oh, okay. She's, this is, she's willing to make the sacrifice. She's willing to do whatever it takes to be successful. Now, did I gain any any knowledge or anything that's going to help me push my business forward on those zooms? Probably not. It was all a bunch of hocus pocus inspiration, dangling the carrot. Look at Susie who did this thing in two days kind of thing. And then you get off of the zoom and you feel like crap because you're like, well, but I've been doing this longer. I don't understand. It's all a grooming process. All of it. Yeah. All of that coldly loaded language. It's all there. 
It's all designed to elicit an emotional response from you. Absolutely. So when you see these posts and you feel that emotional response, like look at it, break it down and pinpoint it. What in this message is making me feel this way? And that's the loaded language. It's that emotive language that's there. That's, it's, it's doing exactly what it's meant to do. Yeah. Pulling you in. It's making you think, huh, maybe I can do this. This, this is what I've been needing to hear. This is the sign I've been looking for. This is the answer to my prayers. Yep. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something, something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the flow knit high rise boyfriend jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claims standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. They have become an absolute favorite, and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers, and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. Yep. And then people comment or they message, oh my God, I know I've been watching, I've been following you for so long and, you know, I've been watching you and, and I, you know, me too. 
I've been, let's do this. Let's jump in. And then the next stage of grooming happens. All right, let me tag you in a quick video. Let me know what you think, you know, because they're spending just as much time studying you as you are studying them, but you don't know it. You are on somebody's list. You are color coded in messenger. Cause you're going to see that you are written on somebody's spreadsheet. You are a number to that person and you are going to get followed up with every so often. So the next stage of grooming is okay. Well, she's going to watch the video. He's going to watch the video. And then if they message me back, this video is, you know, 20 minutes long or whatever. And so let's see if they message me within 20 minutes. Let's see what happens. I'm going to sit here and watch. And then those that pass this next stage are the ones that watch the video and say, okay, I've got some questions or, you know, I loved that video. And then they're going to say, well, what questions can I help with to get you started? And then here's the kit options. The most successful people start with the $900 kit because you're going to get more flavors. We're going to, we're going to help you, you know, sell these trials and pre-sale your kit and all of this. And that's the next step. Let's see who's going to do what I want them to do. The most successful people start with this. Yeah. This is- and there's some more loaded language. Yes. Now we have these absolutist terms, right? The most successful people. Yeah. This one. Yep. Yep. And so then that's the next stage. Well, then the next stage after that is, well, you actually go in and you buy the $900 kit. Well, now what do I do with this kit? Okay. Well, here's your social media plan. This is what we do. It's a, you know, a five to one. So you're going to do five things about you. You're going to do two things about, you know, the trials or whatever, specifically improve it. And then you're going to do one hard sell post. And then you just repeat that. So if you're, if you want to post one time a day, then you do it one time a day. If you want to post twice a day on multiple platforms, then you follow this structure. If you go and you look at a lot of these, uh, these people that are quote unquote successful and prove it on paper, I guess I should say, uh, you're going to see some kind of a social media strategy along these lines where they're being taught to share their traumas because they're trying to identify their perfect victim. Absolutely. So you mentioned social media and we talked about TikTok earlier. You and I are both on TikTok. We make content. um, And I think that is where I see prove it the most is on TikTok. It seems to me and and Modare really that prove it and Modare are the two MLMs uh, that I see the most on TikTok. And then maybe some like those Forex too, but those are the ones, right? Those are the ones that have the biggest TikTok creators that are hawking ketones in their messages. Yeah. Um, I'm blocked by most of them. I've never interacted with any of them. Um, and then when I go to look at them, cause people go, you've got to see this, or I tagged you. I'm already blocked. I'm blocked yep. by Jesse Lee. I'm blocked by Scott D Henry. Oh. I don't know who these people are. Oh yes. Scott D Henry blocked me back when I only had a couple thousand followers. <laughs> mm, that is interesting. I'm like who? And they're like, Oh my God. And then because I talked about it, his cougar mafia came after. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. So I'm reading the book cultish right now. I have not finished it. I'm sure that there's going to be some chapter about cult like followings. And I'm sure that his cougar following is 100% like qualifies within that section of the book. So I don't know, like maybe you can, maybe you can elaborate on that, even though I'm reading the book, uh, I'd love to hear your take on that and his following. 
Yeah, it's really strange. You know, I, again, I don't know who this person is because even when I went to go look at his videos, I had already been blocked. Um, someone told me he was like on a construction reality show or something yeah. um, and has, I don't even know, probably a couple million followers at this point. He seems like uh, a super nice guy on TikTok. Everybody told me he's TikTok's nicest guy, which was odd that he had blocked me because that doesn't seem like a very nice thing to do. But, um, you know, I, I sort of made a video jokingly um, to the song, Hey, Look Ma, I Made It. And it's me dancing uh, green screen in front of being blocked, just being funny. And I was like, does this mean that I'm like TikTok famous now? Like, I have no idea who this person is. And apparently I'm a threat to them. Um, and that after that is when uh, his followers came after me. Um, very interesting. I mean, it's not, I've, I've been attacked by by Huns and their their fans for a long time. But this was a completely different thing because this was like, fans of someone who sold it I wasn't even talking like specifically about him again I don't know him but it was like it was his fans who were offended that I was speaking badly about the company in which he represents and you weren't even saying anything bad about him you were it was really kind of like why am I even blocked I don't even yeah know absolutely and I just thought it was yeah. funny I was like when TikTok's nicest guy blocks you like that's ironic and exactly. funny to me seems a little off brand. Totally. And I was yeah. just like, okay, so what did I do? Okay. I spoke out about prove it. And it wasn't even a big video either. Like I, and again, that was one of the reasons why I was like, I'm good. I don't need to talk about prove it. Other people talk about prove it. I got attacked. I got blocked. I got, you know, um, my account got taken down for a couple of days. I was like, it's not worth it. That's crazy. Well, I'll talk about it. Yeah. I mean, you talk about it and it was just odd. It was one of that the first odd. examples of like that really culty behavior, um, that I had on TikTok, and it was, it was wild. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've never had that happen at that point to, to where I had so many people come and report me and get me taken down. It was the first time that, that I had actually like been, I, I hate to say a victim of like yeah. Takedown. But I mean, yeah. that's kind of what it was, it was really interesting. And then, you know, I, it happened when Lula Rich came out again and it happens anytime I talk about any MLM, like people get so offended that I'm disparaging a company in which the products they buy live in their garage. They're like, how dare you? So yeah. you know, it happens, but it was interesting. And I will say when I read cultish, I did think of that instance of like a cult leader yeah. Or an influential person saying, sick them. Yeah. Like without not, saying it. Without it, having to say it. Yes. Yeah. Well, I never told them that they had to do that. I would no, never but you, do that. That I is would, horrific. Yeah. I would never do that. I would never threaten that I would fight somebody on a Facebook live. By the way, that's a real, that's, that's a real story that really just recently happened. Uh, I mean, I guess I like, I can tell that story. What? Yeah. Um, so it's about Jesse Lee. Let's, I mean, we don't need to talk about good old Scott D. Henry anymore. Oh, I have something to say about him and other oh, okay. well, that are also selling ketones on TikTok, but. Let's just talk about all the ketone <laughs> sellers on TikTok and expose all of their scams. Yeah. So allegedly on a live that Jesse Lee did. I don't know the time frame on this. She, I guess she was coming to 
uh, a mastermind or something here in Vegas at Eric Worry's house. And she was <laughs> <laughs> the laugh, man, the laugh. I wish y'all could see her face right now because it's really funny. But on the live, somebody, she's really good at talking about me without talking about me. Whereas I will just say her name. And on this live, she said, yeah, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be going to Vegas. I'm not quoting her. This is just what I have heard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in Vegas. So I'll probably run into her. Do y'all know how big Vegas is? Do y'all have That's any- what I was about to say. I was like, right. what do you mean? I'll probably run into her. Vegas right. is massive. Right. Her next statement was something along the lines of, I'm not a fighter. But if I see her, I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. And I'm thinking to myself, you're not a fight. What are you alleging here? Like, what is it that you're trying to say? One, I have taken Taekwondo and I know how to defend myself. So like, what are you trying to do? (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't get what you're trying to do other than that undue influence for her people to, to come at me. It was what she was trying to do. Um, so that was interesting. However, right. It's like first, first and foremost, she's like, I'm a good person, right? but if I'm put in a bad situation, I will protect myself. And like, it's like one, no one is coming at you. Vegas is, is more than just a strip of hotels on a street. Right. It's an entire city with an infrastructure and neighborhoods and suburbs and businesses. It's massive. It's massive. Yeah. The strip is just one little part. Yeah. I mean, and I live close to Eric Worry. I'm probably 10 or 15, well, probably 15 minutes away from him. But to think that we were going to like run into each other and then she where, was- like at Trader Joe's. Right. <laughs> like, where, bro? Like, what are you talking about? And then to, uh, to, to, for her to even think that I would stop and engage in a conversation. Um, you had years of having conversations with me. I've set a strict boundary. You don't get that time anymore. It's, it's just very odd. It's very odd to, to put that out there. Like, Oh, with the complete intention of being like, that's a threat to me. So, you know, do what you need to do. I always say like, if I do videos and I show any sort of public figure and I don't take the name out or anything like that, I'm always like, please don't clap for this person. Like this is educational. This is not bullying. This is not meant for you to find something to do for the next 15 minutes. Like this is fully for you to learn and be educated as an example. Yes. So the fact that she's not even putting that like don't, don't message this person. Don't go after this person. Like she's leaving that portion out, Yeah, which is sort of saying it without saying it and giving permission without giving permission. You know, and I I really feel like at this point I should thank her because all she's doing is sending people to my YouTube channel or my Instagram and people are leaving prove it because they're coming and they're watching my, why I left prove it. Hey, Aaron, you were really successful. And now all of a sudden poof, you're gone. Why check out my video. They're watching yeah. my video. It's the Streisand effect. 
Yeah. The more she is trying to be like, Aaron's a liar. Aaron is ridiculous. Don't listen to Aaron. The more attention you're going to get from people who are genuinely curious because everyone in MLM has a little bit of cognitive dissonance. Right. And it shows up every so often. And if they're already feeling the cognitive dissonance enough to show up on your YouTube page and just check out what's going on, they might watch one or two videos and be like, oh, I hate this girl. Right. And then the third video they watch in their hate fueled rage of watching your videos and giving you boosts and analytics, you say something that they've experienced and they go, "Uh oh, wait a second. Yep. Everything was crazy until she just said that because that actually happened to me too. And then that cognitive dissonance is like, hey girl, what's up? And it gets a little bigger and it opens up a little wider. And then you're more susceptible to watching more videos and saying, you know what? Actually, that actually also happened to me. And then, hey, now I'm resigning from prove it. Thanks so much, Aaron. Oh my God. And those messages are, I have a hard time processing them because the whole reason that I'm speaking out is because I want to prevent people from hurting, from losing money, from losing themselves, from hurting other people, continuing this kind of cycle. Uh, and it's, it's overwhelming at times when people are, are messaging me, thanking for the videos um, or saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of one foot in one foot out. And, and I respect that without trying to convince them of leaving. That's not my place. However, if you need a safe place to have that conversation and kind of think out loud, that's fine. I can provide that for you. If you just need somebody to speak out, if you just want to quietly watch a YouTube video about why I left prove it, or why I think that they're new fueled by female ketones are so problematic or any of those things, there's videos up for that too. And so I I think at times for me, it's really, really overwhelming, but also really beautiful because it's, I feel like for the first time in 13 and a half years, I really am making, like, I'm really helping people. You know, I joined MLM because I really wanted to help people. You know, I wanted to make some extra income, but now I feel like I'm making such a stronger statement with, speaking out against, you know, the wrongs right now, prove it is, is I'm very focused on prove it. And it's because that's the company that I left and there's not a ton of information out there about prove it. So I'm going to talk about it, you know? So I don't know. It's just at times it's really overwhelming and I have to kind of step away and let those messages sit in my inbox and breathe for a second and kind of, you know, recenter. And because it's, it's so overwhelming, but I really try to get back to everybody. And I know if anybody can understand that, Roberta, it's definitely you. So absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. And then, you know, to double back on, on TikTok and the influencers that are joining Prove It, and, and this is just my opinion, but there are leaders in Prove It uh, that have been around Brian Underwood, the CEO of Prove It for many, many years, multiple companies. And I think that some of these leaders in Prove It have a strategy of presenting the business opportunity to these people with lots of followers. I I really do think that that's what happened with Scott Henry. I really do think that that's what has happened with a lot of these creators, you know, and, and cool. If that's your strategy, right on. 
However, these influencers on TikTok have created a following through their brand. You know, Scott D. Henry, it was his reality show. It was, um, you know, winning that, his positivity, you know, him being funny and relatable. And then these companies come in these MLM companies come in and now all of a sudden they're pitching this product. Now, why is that different than say um, having merch or something like that, which a lot of the, I mean, I have like, I have merch and a lot of creators have merch, but it's not this bait and switch faulty business model. So these people followed these TikTok creators, you know, because they liked the positivity, they essentially liked the content that they were putting out. And now all of a sudden they're like, oh, but now I'm going to offer you this too. Oh, I'm still going to do my regular content, but here's ketones. You know, I drink them. I have more energy, you know, they help me focus or whatever, but like, okay, back to the regular scheduled program. And it's, it's, it's very bait and switch like, which we see a lot in MLM, you know, and I, I, I know for a fact when TikTok really started to take off, that Prove It was doing this campaign where it was TikTok Tuesday. And what they were wanting to do or wanting their promoters to do was to shake up their ketones with the trending sounds and stuff, tag Prove It. And that's why Prove It has flooded TikTok the way that it has. Wow. I mean, it's brilliant. I understand as a marketing ploy, like it's brilliant. It's unfortunate that a multi-level marketing company is utilizing it because they're incredibly harmful and they're hurting a lot of people. I've had people that have commented on my videos and have talked about Scott and Jesse joining their teams and getting zero support, reaching out and asking for help and being completely ghosted and being like, I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars. They never helped me. I never got anything out of it. I've only lost money. Then I found your videos and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that sounds actually really familiar. And I know I told you the story. I've been waiting to tell you this story, actually. Um, but in, in March or April, so let me back up. So I got sick January of last year. All of last year, I was kind of questioning, like, what is going on? And I'm somebody that it takes me a long time to make a decision. I don't take it lightly. You know, I'm going to, I'm not, I, I in the past, I, I definitely would have made rash decisions, but I was done. And I needed to define what that looked like. What did that mean? And so, you know, the end of last year, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start kind of distancing myself and figuring out, like, there was no thought of joining another MLM. I just knew that I wanted out. I just didn't know how to get out. And I know that that's a lot of people listening right now. Um, Honor yourself and that process. Don't rush it and get the help that you need, whatever that looks like for you. And so for me, it was, I needed to sit with that. I needed to sit with the fact that I was contributing to hurting people. It was never my intention, but I needed to sit with that. I needed to process that. I needed to figure out how can I fix this? How can I, how can I redo this? Um, And so actually in March of this year was when uh, I really started to kind of dive into TikTok and just for my own research. And I actually came across one of Roberta's one of your videos. I don't remember which company. I don't remember what video. I do re- I do remember you were talking about front loading and I remember you just spilling the facts and I was just I immediately scrolled past it. I was like, "Oh, hell no, I'm not listening to this." Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, "Wait. 
like, why am I responding that way? So I went down a couple of videos and I was like, but I've never listened to the other side. I've never listened to the other side because when I joined an MLM in 2007, there was no other side. Nobody was talking about it. There were no, there was no such thing as income disclosure statements at that time. Now there is. And if the company doesn't have one, that looks really shady, <laughs> you know? And so I started binge watching anti MLM content. I watched all of your videos. I was like, I'm not going to like them. I'm not going to double tap this video, but I'm going to like them. And I was like, I kind of like her, but I'm kind of mad at her too. And I don't even know her. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what she's saying is true. The front loading does happen. The, the stock in the garage that does happen, you know? And it was like every video that I started to watch, I was like, wait, she's not lying about this. This, this is definitely happening. And then I was like, okay, so um, I've been a part of a cult. <laughs> so then I started to find all the other anti MLM creators. You know, that's how I connected with Julie Joe. Uh, I actually told Julie Joe, I was like, Hey, um, I just kind of want to be like a quiet resource. I don't really want to speak up. I don't really want to be that person, but if like you need any information about prove it or, or whatever, let me know. So we got on a zoom and I spilled my guts about prove it and started talking to her. And I was like, no, you need to speak up because you were a part of it. And so I actually asked her for help. Um, and I, you know, Chelsea Suarez also helped me. I got on a zoom with her and she, she watched my, uh, my deep dive on prove it video. And she was like, Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, I was in a lot of companies and, um, that was kind of how that all started. And I think that it's a perfect example of that doubt, that seed of doubt where you're like, I immediately wanted to like block you. Like I, and I don't know you, like I immediately wanted to be like, no, I'm not watching that. And, you know, I'm not interested in videos like this. And then I was just like, but you never listen to the other side. You never, nobody ever showed me an income disclosure statement. It's been in the back office of prove it forever because it's, it comes directly from them, but nobody talks about it. And so that was kind of how that started. And I finally, I looked at my husband in June or July after processing and I just needed a minute to like work through everything. And I said, I, I'm just, I think I'm done. And he went, okay. And I said, and I'm just worried about making my car payment. And he goes, don't, we're fine. And so I left at the end of July and we've been making the car payment and there's nothing to worry about. That's amazing. My face hurts from smiling so much <laughs> listening to you tell me that story. I love all of the women you mentioned. Those are all amazing resources to reach out to and say, can you help me? Amazing. Yeah. It was really amazing. And it's so funny because I look back and I'm like, well, I really just kind of wanted to be a quiet resource to help the, the movement move forward. Yeah. We're not and... going to let that happen. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, and, and I, I was desperately looking I was desperately looking for information on prove it. I was looking on YouTube, you know, I was searching on podcasts and I, I was looking on TikTok. There's not a ton of information about prove it and, and the other side of it, you know? And so for me, I was like, well, if there's, I think you've talked about this before because in MLM, they're like, well, if there's, if there's a gap, you need to fill it, you know? And for me, I was like, this is a gap. And I, having been so successful, you know, I am going to speak on it, you know? And so 
I don't know. That's how that all kind of started. I thought I was going to be kind of quiet. Not that I've ever really been quiet, but calm. Yes. Quiet. Not so much. And so, um, yeah. So thank you for that. Because even though I was mad at you at the time, I was like, but what she's talking about is true. (laughs) So if that's you, listen. (laughs) Absolutely. And you are not the first person to tell me that when you first saw me that you were not so happy with me and what I was saying. Yep. But yeah, you know, your cognitive dissonance was like, let's just watch one more. Let's just watch one more because she's saying stuff that I can connect with. And I talk to people all the time, you know, they say, how do I talk to my friend who's stuck in? I said, you have to wait for that crack. You do. You have to wait for the cognitive dissonance to be like, wait, what? And that's when you're like, Hey, have you looked at your income disclosure statement? You have to wait for those things because if people are not ready to receive the message, they will never receive the message. And what they'll do is they'll block you. And then when they need to receive your message, they can't because they've blocked you already. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing for me was when I realized that it's not just prove it that does some of these things, that it was all companies. So, and I think that was one of the things that got my attention was you weren't talking about prove it in this video that, that I was watching that TikTok decided to show me, you weren't talking about prove it, but what you were saying was happening and prove it. And then I watched another video and what you were saying was not about prove it, but it was happening and prove it. And it was like one thing after the other. And then, you know, I, I just decided I was done. It's kind of like when you're done with a relationship, us women, we're just done. I was done. I didn't care what was said about me. And I still don't, I don't, I I didn't care what they said. They could, they could call me crazy or psychotic or whatever term of the day they're coming up with their people are still coming to my YouTube channel. I'm still talking with so many people. I still see all the numbers. I see the numbers dropping. I don't care what they're putting in their stories. I see what is really happening and it's just making me want to get louder about it. Absolutely. And I love it when like reps that are in are like, look, I've been watching your videos. Ding, ding, ding. 100%. I'm still, I'm still in. I'm working on getting out. What can I get from you? I'm, I still 100%. have access to everything. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, man, send me whatever you want. Here's my email address. I have, yeah, I have so many people and I have, and, and not that I'm ever going to call these people out because they're their privacy is everything to me, but I've set up Google drives for people because they have so much information that it's overwhelming. I'm not going to go through like, I hate email by the way, but I'm not going to go through all of that stuff. I would rather have everything like downloaded in a Google drive that I can just go through and, and get the information that I need. Part of that is really important for their healing too. As they're sending me information they're, they're coming from, you know, watching my video or listening to my podcast or whatever, you know, your podcast, anybody in the anti-MLM community, um, that's talking about prove it specifically. And they're, they're processing this and going, oh my God, Aaron just talked about this or whoever just talked about this. And so I'm going to, now I'm on this zoom and, you know, all of this stuff is happening and they're starting, it's that little crack that's opening. And so part of them sending information, is it helpful for for, you know, any changes and stuff that, that is being made, of course it is because the anti MLM community is really going hard, especially for Jesse Lee's team, because in my opinion, it's the most predatory. Um, but it, that's also a part of their process. They're, they're bringing information, they're seeing things differently, you know, and they're processing it. And then there's people that are like, I, I'm, I'm done. I sent my resignation in and I'm like, oh my God, how do you feel? 
they're like free. And I'm like, what are you going to do tomorrow? That's my favorite question to ask people. What are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know. Do whatever you want. Go do whatever you want. You want to sleep in, you want to get up early. You want to go to the gym. You want to go to the mall. You want to go to, you know, your local metaphysical store. You want to book a massage, you know, you want to sit in bed, put your phone away and not, you know, read that book you've been wanting to read. Like, what are you going to do tomorrow? And for me, that was really powerful because what the way that I, I asked myself that, well, what are you going to do? And my answer was whatever I want, whatever I want. I love that. That's how I feel too. Yeah. I, it's, it's a beautiful feeling to wake up and know that you don't have to be on like a zoom call yep. or that you don't have to do this. Yep. Or you don't have to count inventory or post things. Yeah. And I mean, this weekend has been the perfect example, just being able to go to the basketball games and, you know, not feel like I was super behind or try to get on a zoom with my headphones in at the game and acting like I'm present, but you know, I'm half present on the zoom and I'm half present watching my kid play and in her first like freshman and JV games. And, you know, you don't have to live your life that way. That's not how life should be. If you want to be all in, you know, whether it's, I'm looking at my bed, like whether you want to lay in bed, take your bra off and put your pajamas on and binge some YouTube or whatever show you're watching on Netflix, then do that. If you want to have a whole bag of potato chips while you're binging, then do that. Binging on shows. I mean, uh, my bad guys, but, uh, then do that. I mean, you, when you leave MLM, you reclaim that paintbrush and you can paint whatever design you want. You can do whatever you want without that influence, without the negativity, without the toxic positivity, you know, without any of that stuff influencing what you are doing and how you're moving about your day. And it's, it's just, it's liberating. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you can do whatever you want. Like you are literally after such a restrictive time, regaining your actual time freedom, like you're getting it back and you appreciate it so much more because you have had it taken away and been dictated by other people when you should be doing this with your time and you should be doing that. And now you actually get to make those decisions again. And it's like, oh my God, you know what I'm going to do? Whatever I want to. And it's really overwhelming when you go from having no time freedom to all the time freedom, aside from like the parenting things, you know, the school drop off and the pickup and after school activities and stuff. But aside from that, it's like, you can do whatever you want. There are definitely times where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play animal crossing right now. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy it. And it's okay. Yeah. Or, or doing nothing doing, I mean, doing nothing. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a really cool feeling, even though it's going to be overwhelming for a lot of you that are are listening. Should you choose to kind of, you know, you're, you're one step in one step out. I know a lot of you are. And so taking that and and kind of crossing over into this, what legitimate time freedom is, uh, it can be overwhelming, but it's worth it. So my only other thing that like, I wanted to talk to you about specifically because you are so close is like this persona of Jessie Lee. Now, I I don't know her. I'm sure she is a wonderful person outside of the toxic environment of MLM. She's beautiful. She seems like she'd be funny 
just outside of the toxicity, right? Yeah. What I see of her is the stuff that I get tagged in or like things that people send me screenshots or whatever. It is this over the top persona, this personality, like wearing her personality on her sleeve. She's driving Lamborghinis. She's shouting. She's got full makeup on point all the time, killing it, like just being a boss, calling herself boss Lee, hashtag boss Lee, like dropping it. She has created this very successful MLM brand of herself and it is so personified. Yeah. It is intense and at times terrifying. Like I know there's a lot of times, like people joke, like saying somebody's name three times, like Beetlejuice. Like I'm terrified of saying her name three times and her just like showing up in my living room in like a Lamborghini, just being like, it's boss Lee. Like literally like that is for me, like that is the (laughs) intensity that like it comes off of her, but I don't know her personally. This is the only thing I know about her is what she puts on social media. Yeah. So I'm curious is she like that in real life too? Depends on who's around. Um, Jesse Lee and I used to be really close or what I thought was close. Um, and, and the breakdown was in the, she wanted me to, to teach on a, a Zoom and she basically deified and made it sound like I uh, was stealing an idea from another person. And then I was teaching it on a zoom live on the zoom. And so it was, oh, well, you know, this is Aaron B's and she's, you know, doing this and, and that, and she's going to teach you guys how to do, I don't even remember what it was, uh, probably recruiting something with recruiting, because I think that month prior I had signed like six new team members or something. And, uh, and my time frame could be completely off with all of this, but, um, the breakdown was, was basically because, uh, one, she, she basically deified me. So she's going to teach you this, but I just learned a few minutes ago. This is what she said. I just learned a few minutes ago that she actually got, took this idea from somebody else, but I'm going to have her teach anyways. And then I did, I allowed her to speak to me in that way. And I taught anyways. Um, and then several months later, she used my example of, of recruiting six people, uh, in a month. And none of those six people did anything according to MLM success. You know, they didn't really do anything. Um, And her and I were having a conversation. I was actually coming back from open gym. I play every Friday night. I play two hours of basketball. It's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. Anyways, uh, on the way back, she was texting me and she was like, Hey, you know, like, let's, let's talk about this. And, and, and how are your new people doing and, and all of this? And I'm like, Oh, well, they're good. Got home, took a shower, went to bed. Cause I was exhausted. And there was training like the next day. And she used me not getting back to her about what these six people's goals were in their business as me, not knowing what these six people wanted to do with their business, which was not the case. I knew exactly what they were doing. I just didn't answer her. Cause it was like 10 30 at night, nine or 10 or 10 30 or something like that at night. And I went to bed. might've been a little earlier than that. I went to bed, which there's nothing wrong with that. And, um, so she used that as an example of what not to do. And for me, I was like, there's no loyalty in MLM. And so I started to distance myself at that point. So to answer your question, uh, what is she like in person? She's very quiet. 
She's very, very quiet. This is somebody that stayed in my house, had the, had the code in my house, had the gate code, had all of that. And she would fly in and I'd have her, I'd have our guest room ready and she would fly in and she would come in at whatever time and lock the door and go to bed. And I'd see her in the morning. That's the kind of relationship we had. And for somebody to, for me to open up my home to somebody that is going to assume after knowing me for so many years that I wasn't essentially working with my team, somebody that was trusting me, I was like, there's no loyalty here. And I find it really ironic now looking back because she used to describe me as her most loyal friend. That's what she described me as. So if I'm your most loyal friend, why are you doing these things to me in front of the entire team? And a team that included my mom and my aunt. I had to hear from my team members that that stuff was happening. That's just, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm okay with it now because I've learned, and my mom has always taught me this, but my, my mom said that, listen, you, you assign value to people's words and you need to be really careful whose words you assign value to. And I was assigning value to the wrong person, many wrong people, many, many, many wrong people. This isn't just about Jesse Lee. However, was she one of them? Yes. So her words and her passive aggressive stories and all the things that are being sent to me that she says about me or, you know, without mentioning my name, mean nothing, mean nothing because I'm speaking my truth. So she's very quiet in person, <clears throat> unless she's around people that are going to feed her ego. And then she plays the part. And the reason that I think she plays the part is because when you do romance parties, you are taught to turn on a certain personality when you start those parties for a number of reasons. One, if you're being funny, like I used to describe my parties as educational improv. And I would tell people, you know, the more you interact with me, the funnier I get, you know, and I would turn it on. I would turn on this personality as soon as the party started. And I think that's where this was learned. And then you add the allure of social media and the toxicity of social media. I love social media. I love connecting with people, but I also know that there's a very dark side to that. There's a very intoxicating effect with gaining, you know, followers and, you know, get becoming obsessed with the number of comments and the number of likes and the number of views and all of that stuff. And I think that it's just honestly, in my opinion, been a recipe for disaster. She was taught to put this personality on. It's the same personality you're going to see on stage. It's the same personality you're going to see, you know, through video, through uh, lives and, and any of those things. It's, it's the same personality. But in reality, when she's sitting on that couch next to you, she's very quiet. She's very, very quiet. I could imagine that it takes a lot of energy to be on stage. Yeah. And, you know, like, what is the, what's the word? Like perform. It's yeah, a performance like to, yeah. It takes yeah. a lot of energy to put on a performance like that. Every it day. makes me sad because I do think it makes me sad for her because I do think that, that deep down there is a good person. I, I when I look at her now, and I mean this genuinely, I don't mean this disrespectfully by any means. I see a hurt little girl, you know, I see, I, I see a hurt little girl with lots of trauma from her upbringing. And that's not my business to, to share her. That's, that's her business. That's for her to share. Um, but I, I see a lot of trauma from upbringing. I see a lot of trauma from relationships. I see a lot of trauma from 
you know, just life, you know, we all have traumas. However, I think that this personality is kind of taken over to protect her from facing those traumas. And I, I, I really do hope that she figures that out. I hope that she faces that because for somebody to, you know, to dish out, oh, hurt people, hurt people. She's kind of telling on herself because that's exactly what she's doing. So I do wish her the best. I do hope that she heals. I do hope that uh, she figures out whatever she needs to figure out, you know, but it won't be at my table anymore. Yeah. Um, and she has a lot of really great skills. Yeah. If she put her mind to it and left the toxicity of MLM. She could be very successful. Yeah. She has all of the skills available. Yeah. She doesn't need to be predatory and hurt people to be successful. Yeah. It's just easier. Yeah. Yeah. It is easier. She's got, you know, these quote unquote systems in place to help her do all of that. So now it's that grooming process that we talked about earlier in this podcast, you know, now it's systems that are grooming to make it a little bit easier. And now there's funnels. Yeah. Yeah. There's sales and recruiting funnels. Yeah. Yeah. I just find it, it, it's so weird. And I talked about this on, on one of my YouTube, um, videos, but her training bot is linked to her YouTube channel that is monetized. And I ethically, I'm kind of like, that doesn't make any sense. So you're going to send, and this is like the entire team goes through this Betty, the bot, and they encourage them to go through it multiple times and she's making money off of it. And I don't care if it's a dollar, I don't care. It shouldn't be monetized. Wow. Yeah. She's like, this training is mandatory. You better yeah. watch all of these videos and she Four has times. been monetized. I mean, it's brilliant from the mind of an MLM person, an affiliate marketer, a social seller, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Yeah. Monetize every single thing you possibly can because you're only making pennies in every single one of your ventures. So you have to have multiple streams of income because yes. none of them really add up to anything at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. It's sad. I, um, I think about a lot of those people that I spent time with in that company, you know, many of them have stayed at my house. Many of those top leaders have stayed at my house when there were events here, you know, the, some of the Eric worry events and different things like that company events. And, and, um, I, I can see for those that haven't blocked me, (laughs) um, or, or just people that are sending me information and screenshots. And it's like, I don't recognize their energy. I don't know if that resonates with you or anybody else that's listening, but I don't recognize the energy. And maybe it's because the, the person that I was, was the an unhealed version of myself in that relationship. And now this calmness that I, that I have is a, the healed version of myself. And so I think at the end of the day, I think we should all be chasing the healed version of ourselves. And sometimes that's, you're going to remove people from your table. And sometimes those people are going to, you know, riot and, and cause all of the, or try to cause all of this chaos. And that's okay because that's their journey. Um, but removing yourself and seeing life for what it is, I think is really beautiful. And it's worth every ounce of self-doubt feeling behind 
feeling guilty for spending time with my family that I ever experienced in MLM to get to this point. Um, it's, it's hundred percent worth it. It's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, it really is. It's calm. There is a lot more calmness. Yeah. Not the same chaos, you know, I mean, chaos is in my opinion, one of the most preferred weapons of MLM, because if you have chaos, you can't ask questions. You can't connect with that, mm, that doubt, that little crack. You can't connect with that, you know, in that chaos, you're like, but I'm doing everything they're telling me to do. And I'm on the zooms and I'm on the training and I'm going to this event, even though it's costing me thousands of dollars and, you know, I'm doing all the things, but you don't stop to look at a profit and loss statement at your, for your business. Right. You're not doing any business acumen things. You're not checking any of it. You're just going through the motions of excitement of being in an MLM and getting invited to things and baubles and trinkets and trips and bonuses. And spending the most expensive currency you have, your time and your energy, just giving it away for free. Yeah. Yeah, The one thing you can never get back your time. Yep. Yep. It's wild to think how many minutes, months, days, weeks, years I spent wasting in an MLM. Can you imagine if you added that up? If you, if you sat and you added the amount of time it took for you to set up for your parties, the amount of time that it took for you to, to drive to the party, to actually do the party, plus the ordering, plus the restock, plus the reordering for the restock, Plus the, I gotta be, you know, the new stuff is going to go live on this date at this time. And can you imagine if you took all of that and, and added the time you're working like 12 hours a day. Oh, easily making pennies, probably in the negative, actually in the negative, you were just really working to order, to add the volume for the month. So it looked like you were ranking and then the 1% were making money you and I were part of that 1%. We were making money, but everybody else below us was every, it, the, the money was, was happening in reverse. It was costing them. It was costing them money to do the party. It was costing them money to order the new ketones. It was costing them money to go to the event. It was costing them money and time and energy to get on the zooms that was preventing them from whatever it was costing them. Ugh, that's how I feel about that. Yeah so much wasted time that we'll never get back but lessons that we've learned that we're able to educate and and help those listening maybe save some of their time from being wasted any further yes Yes. so don't join an mlm kids okay (laughs) so at the very end we do rapid fire questions are you ready aaron i'm ready i'm ready i've actually they don't have to be rapid you can take as long as you want okay (laughs) okay Every time you ask this, I'm like, what would I say? So we'll see. We'll see what comes out of this mouth of mine. Who knows? You're like, I've been practicing in my car. (laughs) I've been practicing. Yes. (laughs) The one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Predatory. A warning or a piece of advice to somebody that wants to join an MLM. Ask for an income disclosure statement. Above everything else, ask to see an income disclosure statement. No, you don't need to get on a three-way call with their leader. Just show me the black and white. While you're at it, add, ask if, if your leader is really 
this, this person that is saying that they're going to coach and mentor you, if they are that successful and you're asking the tough questions and they're an open, as much of an open book as they're saying they are ask to see their profit and loss statement. Well, if you're an open book and you're successful, let me see your profit and loss statement for last year. Let me see the company's income disclosure statement. Nine times out of 10, they're probably not going to know what that is. And they're probably going to go to their leader. Their leader's going to coach them on what to say. And they're going to say something like, oh, well, you know, the most successful people in this company make about $500 a month. Okay. Where does that say that in writing? I don't need to hear it from you. I want to see it in writing from the company because prove it. The average promoter makes $11.57 a year. It's not even enough to cover their smart ship. Their smart ship costs them money. Plus now they have, they have the, uh, the annual fee. They're, they're literally starting in debt. So ask for those two things. If they really want to recruit you, they're going to figure out how to do a profit and loss statement. And if not, guess what? You just saved yourself a whole lot of time, energy, and money. Uh, what is the worst MLM in your opinion? Prove it. <laughs> I Why really not I've thought about this. I think that the I think that the, the answer to this is actually multifaceted. I think Neutralite, a hundred percent, because that's where all of this started. Amway, because that's where all of this started, and and essentially the you know comp plans, the MLM business plan, if you will, came from Neutralite and Amway. It, that's where this all evolved. So I think that you could say you know, Amway, because they're the, really the ones that were like, okay, we're going to do this thing. Neutralite was kind of, yeah. Anyways, um, I, I just think it's multifaceted. I think that there are companies that are really kind of predatory. I'm, they're all bad. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's some that are kind of in, in th that are shining right now. And I use that term very loosely, you know, like prove it is very, especially with their fueled by ketones thing that they just came out with and, and how predatory that is towards women. Like, how are you going to add vitamin C, D and E folate, uh, organic licorice root powder that actually can impact blood pressure amongst other things mess, you know, could mess with women's hormones and, and, and think that this is a great idea. Too much vitamin D, I think I tagged you in that story. Too much vitamin D is actually toxic. And there's like 3,000, 3,000% of the daily recommended amount of vitamin D in their new fueled by female ketones. And by the way, what does that name even mean? Anyways, I think I that there's pink washing. Oh God, it's bad. It's really bad. That's exactly what this is. I mean, when you look at it, I think probably 85% of people in that company, roughly, allegedly, are women. So now you have, let's talk about front loading, right? So you have, you know, all of these women in the company, you, you release this female ketone that's supposed to be this custom thing. What do you think all the women in the company are going to do? They're going to go right into that ghost account. They're going to order two boxes. They're actually coached to get, you know, one to three boxes, they go and they order it. Retail sales are driven up. The team leader makes, you know, more money. And that promoter that's just starting or not making a whole lot of money or already in the hole just from joining in the first place and buying whatever package, you know, they, they are losing more money and it's just trickling up, you know? And so, um, I think that there's companies that are kind of shining, um, if you want it in the spotlight, you know, because of, of being predatory, but 
in my opinion, just because of my experience and, and uh, my story, I would say, uh, I would say prove it, but I would say specifically the empire within prove it, which is Jesse Lee's team. When is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? Hmm. The hardest lesson, I think, has been the things I thought I was joining for were not true. So things like time freedom, you know, being able to have more time with my family, that's not true. I, it actually cost me time with my family. I missed out on a lot of stuff. I missed out on a lot of stuff with my kids. Even though I was home with them, I was sitting at this computer, the TV was on or whatever. Um, I missed a lot of, I missed a lot of, t- of moments that I'll never get back with my kids. Um, and did I make good money? Yes, I did make good money. Um, at the height of it all, I was making 6,200 or so a month. But like when I look back, you know, I was working so much that that wasn't even worthy of my time. Um, So I think that that probably was the hardest lesson was the things that I joined, the reasons that I joined um, were not, it was lost in the fine print, I guess, is the way that I want to say that it, it, you know, oh, you're going to get this, but you know, here's the fine print. So I don't know. Yeah. That bait and switch. Yeah, I I get really passionate about some bait and switch stuff. And I think that's probably why. Yeah, it's like very much like this is not what I signed up for. Yeah, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this is supposed to work. (laughs) And then lastly, your positive takeaway from your time in MLM. Two things come to mind with this. One, uh, I learned how to use my creativity. And I learned how to use my cre- creativity to tell my story through social media. I'm no longer obviously participating in, in uh, victimizing. That's what I was doing. Let's, let's just call it what it is. You know, I was, I was taking part in victimizing people through telling my story in the way that was leading them to buy ketones or join my team. That's, that's, what, that's what we all did. Um, and so I think that now I can use social media in a way, in a way that I'm telling my story, but I'm telling my story to help people, you know? So the creativity part of it, the cre- I'm, ha- I'm definitely having more fun with social media than I was, you know, I always felt like I was trying to like balance. Okay. I need to talk about me or I need to talk about my kids. I need to talk about this, that, you know, and now I'm like, I'm going to post whatever I want. Maybe I won't post it. I don't care. Yeah, that's great. I love that too. Again, it goes back to like being in charge of your own destiny and like having your own time freedom back. Yep. Yeah. Creativity for sure. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Erin. You are so amazing. Um, Before we go, tell everybody where they can find you and tell people about your podcast. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and thank you for having me. This was awesome. Um, I probably messaged you. I don't even know how many months ago. Cause at first, when I started listening to you, I was like, I don't know, do I want to be on our podcast? I'm not really sure. It was just, you know, part of the healing process. I was probably still mad at you a little bit, you know, deep down, <laughs> but, 
Um, I'm glad that we did this. I'm glad that, that we were able to kind of flow the way that we did this weekend. But, uh, if you guys want to find my podcast, it's the beast mode podcast and it's spelled B I E S T mode podcast. It's on all of the platforms. Um, I'm actually getting ready to start season four. So I've had this podcast for four years, which is absolutely bananas. And if you are somebody that likes to binge, podcasts. I specifically left my first couple seasons in there, which are very MLM. So while you might have like this weird motivational thing, um, I left those because I wanted to show my journey. So season one, two, and three are, uh, half of season three are all very MLM inspired, if you will. Um, and I'm excited for season four because it's going to be the healed version. So maybe season four is where I rebrand. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Um, but that's where you can find it. It's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on all of the things. So, um, you can find that. You can also find me on YouTube. I have a lot of cool videos, um, a lot of proven videos because that's the company that I left in my opinion, they need to be exposed. So I'm gonna keep talking about it and you can find me on YouTube. Uh, I'm under Aaron Beast. And I will add links to all of those things in the show notes to make it easier for everybody to find and follow Erin on social media. I'll throw all her social media links in there as well. So you can follow us on TikTok. And uh, we've got all kinds of really fun collaborative things coming up this month. And I'm assuming it's just going to continue into the new year. I love where everything is going. I love the community. I love how we're getting more advocates in who are even more like amazing and creative than the people we already have. And I didn't think that was possible, but I, I'm just so happy that this is all coming to fruition and it's just been so fun. 2021 has been the most amazing year of advocacy, I think in the anti-MLM movement. And I'm so excited to see what 2022 will bring us. So I'm so glad that you're on that journey with us. And I'm so happy to introduce you to probably a ton of people who'd never even heard of you before and can now go binge your podcast and check you out. God. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's amazing. And ultimately I just hope that anything that I share just resonates with people. And especially for those of you that are one foot in one foot out, you know, in your company, or you're thinking about joining an MLM. If, if my story helps you to make that decision, like, let's say that you join the MLM. Okay. I I hope you don't lose a ton of money, but like, I'm not going to hate on you because of that. I have lots of friends that are still in MLM. Um, But if it helps, it help if it helps you to make the decision to really look at what it is, then that's all I need. Like that's that, that right there is amazing. And of course, if there's people that continue to leave, prove it because of watching my content, like that makes me want to jump up and down. (sighs) You're doing amazing work. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to life after MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti-MLM friends as well. See you next time.